Welcome to the September 4th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 7, verses 1 through 13, and the sermon is entitled, Sin Within, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Indeed, if uh, the walls came tumbling down at Jericho, I believe God can shake our hearts and even this building if He wanted to. And I pray today that that is the mindset of everyone that takes open and takes a part of the precious Word of God. I'm going to ask you the question that I often ask you. Did you come today expecting something? Look, somebody reminded me, you didn't ask that last week. I told him, I'm, I'm hoping to get to the point I'll have to ask it. You just come. You just come. I'm grateful today to stand on the Holy Word of God. How about our best made plans? Have you ever planned something and that you had it all worked out? And then when it got to the point of enacting that plan, nothing went right. I hear a little chuckle there. Some people can relate. And it seems like life is that way for many of us. As we look to serve and as we look to live. And, and many people just uh, account that to it's just life. And certainly that's true. There's a lot of things that we have to deal with in life. But what happens when we have to deal with ourselves? When what is causing the problem lies within it might not be your own life, but within your family or within a church family. And we have to address the problem. Friends, Joshua, the first six chapters, that takes you through a quarter of the book of Joshua. And those have been easy sermons to preach. But in chapter 7, something goes wrong. And I want you to take your Bibles and go there to Joshua chapter number 7. As we remember last week the miracle of Jericho and with shouts and with marching and with faith, God destroys the walls of Jericho. And in doing so, the Israelites storm the city and they take the city of Jericho in defeat. And as that uh, uh, feeling must set them as being on top of the world, there lay another city in sight. I remind you from Joshua chapter 6, verse number 27. It says, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. The word of Israel, the word of Joshua, the word of God Almighty is reaching other cities, other places, and they cannot help it. But the first word of chapter number 7 and most translations, it's a three-letter word, but. It implies something else is going on, something in addition to the story, something in addition to Jericho being destroyed and God moving and the, and the fame of Joshua spreading, something else is going on. So with that said, as we look at the people and the hearts of Israel today, I pray this. This is my prayer. Look at me, church. That we look at ourselves. Chapter number 7 is a simple mirror to the heart of the believer. And I pray today as we look at chapter number 7, the beginning of it today, that it will enlighten some things maybe going on within our lives. The sin within. That is the title of our message today. 
I'm going to start out with verse number 1 of chapter number 7. And here's what God's word says. But the children of, the, of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Today you will get four points as we look at this sermon. And the first point is this, there is an accursed thing. There is an accursed thing. As we look at that accursed things, there are a lot of things that maybe come into play when we live our lives. But there is only one thing and one major thing that stands in God's way of leading His people and working in the lives of His people. And that one thing that stands in the way of God is sin. It's disobedience to a holy God. Now, I'm not going to chase this rabbit trail, but I want to make a statement. We have forgotten the holiness that God offers. And when we forget that and we get away from that, it affects everything that we do, how we think, how we act, how we live. But what comes from within, it matters. As Joshua 7 opens up, it tells us that God led them to victory in Jericho and there is a man by the name of Achan that has disobeyed God. Now last week in our study in chapter number 6, I'm going to take you back there, I ask you to remember a couple verses. Joshua chapter number 6, verse number 18, flip there if you want to. Here's what God's word says. And ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest you make yourselves accursed. When you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. When we read this passage, we are reminded that the spoils of Jericho belong to God. And, God, and Jericho was a, a cursed city by God because of its disobedience to the Lord. And so it was to be utterly destroyed and all the spoils brought in. But we are introduced to the man by the name of Achan and his selfish plan. His selfish plan done this. As we raid Jericho, I'm going to store up some stuff for myself. I'm going to benefit from this raid for myself. And before God and before Israel... In pure disobedience, one man's sin has cost a nation to suffer. Now you say, Pastor, is that possible? Absolutely it is. We're introduced to Achan's sin in verse number 1, but verse number 11, we're going to get to that in a little bit, it says the first three words, Israel hath sinned. God is holding an entire nation of people Accountable for one man's sin, one man's decision, one man's choice to step outside the instructions and the will of a holy God. And the entire nation must suffer. Israel, as it traveled, what led them? We say God, but it was the Ark of the Covenant. 
The ark of God, the presence of God was always with the people. It was in their midst, over their travels, and it led the entire nation. And when this one person decides to go against God, it hurts the entire camp. Mark this down in your writing, in your Bible, that Jeffrey said, but it's actually the Bible said, God cannot bless what He has already forbidden. God will never go against His Word. And that is still true to this day. When we try to live our lives and make up rules and, 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 and make up uh, regulations of families, how we want them to be. Yet we're going against what God has said. Friends, I want you to know, there's so many times as we move forward, we see that Israel is going to mess up. Well, guess what? We're going to mess up. But that does not serve as an excuse to go mess up. To purposefully mess up. As we look at this accursed thing, we see a place now that has offered Israel so much of God's blessing now bring to them a curse from a holy God. How can our small families... How can our lives, how can our churches be hindered? As your pastor today, is it possible that Clifford Baptist Church and the ministries here are hindered by the people within the body? Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And so I want to give a stern caution here as we look at God's Word. Don't say, this can't happen to us. As your pastor, I sit here and say, God, please do not let this happen to us. Please keep our eyes and our hearts on you. There's one verse of Scripture that came to mind in my study of chapter number 7. And I'm going to give it to you today. And it will come to fruition next week. And that is this, Proverbs chapter 28, verse number 13. Here's what Proverbs 28, 13 says. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confess and forsake them shall have mercy. So here's my question before I move on from this one point. What is the thing that is holding you back? And I'm going to use a word here. It's keeping you hostage. It's keeping your church hostage because of this one sin that you cling to. We don't want to confess that before everyone, but here's my plea. Confess it before God. There is an accursed thing to this day, and that is sin. And as the church, we must address sin. We cannot leave it covered because things will not prosper according to His Word. So moving on. We're introduced to Achan. What happens? What's the story of Achan? Look at verses 2 through 5. Here's what God's Word says. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. 
And they returned, and Joshua said unto them, Let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither. They are but few. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate, even to Shebarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Point number two today is there's another battle. If you have not experienced this in Christian life, here's a wake-up call. After you finish one battle, guess what? You're going to get to another one. An AI, or some people call it I, Jeffrey just calls it AI because that's what I always grew up with. But whether it's AI or I, that lay ahead on the horizon for the people of God. And we're, we're, we're introduced to that in, a, in the same format that was used to uh, take Jericho, they enact for AI. Let's send a couple spies. They're going to spy out the city. They're going to report back. And after that reporting, guess what? We'll make a plan of action. So they do the exact same thing they did in Jericho. Usually if it works one time good, we like to mimic it again. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just human nature. But as Israel does this, they uh, approach Ai with a plan, and that plan is simply this. The spies return, they report, report back. It's not a big city. It's not a big city. Let's only send about two or 3,000 of our armed men there, and, and they should easily take that city. Not everybody has to work. Man, I want to chase another rabbit right there, but I'm not going to. Y'all want me to chase it or not? Don't think just because you got four or 500 that somebody else will do the work. Listen, there's not enough people there to send everybody. Let's just let them do it. It'll be okay. We'll win the battle. AI will be taken. And, and that's the battle. That's how we will tackle this battle. And in doing so, the 3,000 march to AI. And guess what? They find themselves quickly retreating. And not only do they retreat, but the Bible says 36 of those 3,000 are killed. Israel suffers loss. By the hand of the enemy. You may look at this and say, just as maybe the Israelites did, God, you promised us victory. Why am I losing? Have you ever, have you ever looked at a situation like that? God, you promised you would be with me. Where are you at? In Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, God tells them, there shall no, be nobody that stands before you. You can go and you can trust and you can, you can defeat the enemy. But this little army kills 36 of the Israelites. Why? What happened here? Victory was promised, but it did not happen. Why? Well, if you read all the commentaries and different uh, theologians, there are uh, arguments of prayerlessness. There are arguments of rush to conquer another city without consulting God. There's an argument of pride if you read verse number three which i think is there we don't have to we don't need anybody we don't need everybody just send a couple there but jeffrey's reason of why they lost the battle reverts back to verse number one look at that with me if you will 
But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. You can stop right there. Israel lost the battle because they chose, they chose sin. They could have sent 100,000 to Ai, and I believe they would have still lost men. Because sin had been welcomed into the camp of Israel. They still would have lost the battle. Here's my point here, guys. There are small battles in life that we are losing as Christians. We like to focus on the big battles. We want to go to battle for abortion. We want to go to a battle against that, that, that great atrocity to our nation. But within our, our homes, we're losing the small battles. We're losing the small battles. Where did Israel lose this battle? They did not lose it on the battlefield of Ai. They lost it on the battlefield of Jericho. A battle that they paraded around that they won, but yet they lost. They did not lose this battle on a battlefield. They lost the battle in their hearts. In one heart. And so, friends and family, I, I want to plead with my church family, it's not necessarily about winning the big battle. But it's about winning those battles day after day within the very homes of your, or the walls of your home and the walls of your family and the walls of your church. We lose those battles. And ultimately, we lose the war. Friends, I want you to know that Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 plainly states the battlefield for every single one of us. We want to grab our swords and our guns and we want to go to war. That's not what God is calling you to do. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 12 says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is where we're losing the battle as Christians. Because if we look at verse number 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Many Christians today have left God out of it. And yet they anticipate winning the battle. You cannot do that and you will not do that. Out of 31 kings that Joshua faced, this is the only battle that he would lose. This is the only battle that he would lose. And he lost it because sin has crept within the, the camp. So family, as it, before I move on, I want to warn you about the small battles. Take your children as the utmost important thing in your family. Protect their hearts. Protect their minds. Protect what you can because that's where the battle is lost. All Satan needs is a crack in the door of your home and he's in. And it comes through phones and it comes through the internet and it comes through friends and it comes into your home and guess what? Ten years down the road, you wonder what happened to little Johnny. The small battle was lost. The small battle was lost.
when I think about my enemy, my enemy is not anyone here. It's not somebody outside of these doors that doesn't like me. My number one enemy is Satan himself. And the one thing that Satan would love is a crack in the door of Clifford Baptist Church to come in and to tear it apart and to rip it apart and to make it nothing of what it can be. And how does Satan get into the door of the church? Through one heart. Through one person's choosing. Through one person's love of sin over God. And so church family, from your pastor, I I hope you hear the plea to be careful and guard your hearts. Moving on in this battle, as they have been defeated, they find themselves retreating, verses 6 through 9 of chapter number 7. It says, Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening tide. He and the elders of Israel and put the dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we would have been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan? O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ around us and cut off our name from the earth. Underline these last words of verse number 9. And what will thou do unto thy great name? Point number 3 today is we see an anguished leader. An anguished leader. We see Joshua fall before God. And here's what I want you to realize. Joshua has no clue of what Achan has done. That's that's the miracle here. Joshua does not know why they lost the battle. Joshua does not know sin is within his camp. Joshua knows nothing. All he knows is 36 of his men have been killed and his men have retreated back from a little town of Ai. Now anybody uh, uh, with a sound mind may just say, hey, send more troops and destroy them. I commend Joshua for not doing that. Because I believe if he would have sent more, more would have been killed. But what does Joshua do? The first thing that Joshua do is he falls down, face down in the dirt all day long. Do you see that? Until eventide, he stayed there until the evening before God. He fell before the ark. He's before God. And he's talking and he's praying and he's seeking. God, what is going on here? When's the last time you prayed over 10 minutes? Church, when's the last time we prayed for an hour? When's the last time we went to battle for a day for what God wants? It'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that done that. That's why I pointed out in Joshua, and I'm guilty of not doing that. Joshua goes to battle in another way. And I want you to see it. I commend him for it. He goes to battle before God, face down, pleading with a holy God. As he falls to that ground, he tears his clothes. He calls the leaders, the elders of Israel with him. And they pour dust over their head. A sign of mourning. An anguished leader here. 
And then he begins to ask the questions before God. God, why didn't you just let us stay on the other side of Jordan? We would have been better there. God, what will happen when the Canaanite leaders, when they hear of this great loss? But the most important question at the end of verse 9 is this. What about your name, God? What about the name of God? How have I, how have we affected the name of God? Church family. It's not about Clifford Baptist Church. It's not even about Jeffrey Campbell or Mike Fitzgerald. It's about God. And that's the name, that's the reason we come. The name of Jesus is the greatest name in all the world. And if it's about Jesus and it's about following God, won't we fall before Him? Won't we bring things to Him? Won't we question God? How and what are you going to do with your great name? How are you going to use Jeffrey? Or how are you going to use me with your great name over the years that you've given me? Joshua pleading for an entire nation. Take note, church. You can plead for your nation before God. He pleads for his nation before God. Meanwhile, not knowing anything of what's going on. He's lost the battle. He's lost 36 men. He's lost his way in a little bit. And he's regrouping at the feet of God. I want to make this statement. And I mean it with all of my heart. Sin should hurt us. Sin should hurt us. Sometimes we get complacent and we do something, Lord, just forgive me, and, and we keep on. We don't kneel and we don't stop and we don't fall down. God forbid we tear our clothes because that's not the right thing to do. But to fall down before God and weep and really be sorry for what you have done against God, that's where we find Joshua. And oh, that the church would do that today. Oh, that Christians would fall before God and say, I am sorry that we have sinned against you. As I take off my glasses, that's what God has showed me this week through His through his set of glasses. How horrible sin is. And yet, Jeffrey, you just brush it off. You say, I'm sorry and move on. You don't fall down before me every time. As an anguished leader, Joshua was not concerned about his fame spreading anymore. All he wanted to do was get right before a holy God. He was concerned about the damage that was done to the name of God. And sin should bring us to that place where we repent and we fall down before a holy God. And say, God, I'm sorry. I need you here. I need your help. couple more verses as we end our lesson today. Verses 10 through 13. The Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon the face of thy face? 
Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, in which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have stolen and disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except you destroy the accursed from among you. Verse number 13. Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Point number four. There is an answer given. There is an answer given. I love it when you pray and you get an answer. It may not be what you're looking for, but at least you get an answer. You know clearly what you need to do. Because there are times I've prayed and I really have wondered what that answer was. But God gives Joshua a clear answer. And as he looks at him, I can imagine what God sees in Joshua. I'm sure he sees tears. I'm sure he sees the dust-covered man. His leader that he has picked out. Just covered in sorrow and shame. The first thing he tells them is this. Get up. Get up. Don't you stay there and waller in that sin. That's not really what it says. That's my version, okay? Don't get consumed by the sin. You need to get up. I see that you're sorry. You have repented. You have been forgiven. Now get up. But listen. We need to remember as Christians today that we don't get up and forget, but we give, get up forgiven. Most of the times we just carry on and, and forget what got us in that trouble. Get up forgiven. Joshua, get up. It's time to go to work. But here's the thing that most people don't realize and that we tend to forget. Joshua must now deal with consequences. Do you believe that sin has its consequences? Absolutely. Still today, sin has consequences. Joshua had to get up and he had to deal with those consequences. As it goes on in verse number 11, there are, three, there are a couple words here that are used. Israel has sinned. So what God is saying, you have missed the mark in obedience to me. Israel has transgressed. They crossed the line that God told them not to do this. You cannot do this. And yet they did it. They crossed the line. The last one is not only did they take, but they stole and they lied and they deceived and they covered up. The Bible says they even disassembled. They went out of their way to hide their sin. I'm not going to go down this rabbit trail. Adam and Eve done the same thing as they sinned against God. They jumped in the bushes and hid. And certainly it seems like it's easier to hide things from, from, from people and from God. But listen, here's the truth. You cannot hide sin anywhere. Verses 12 and 13. God is very direct and says simply this. You cannot move forward in victory. You will not win another battle unless you get rid of the sin that is within. The accursed thing must Go. 
Verse number 12 says, Neither will I be any more with you. God said, I'm leaving you. My presence will leave you if you do not get rid of this sin. And as we think about this today, I want you to know that there has to be something that takes care of this sin. Now, many of you already know the story. But something is going to happen tomorrow in the story. Tomorrow they're going to take care of the sin tomorrow. But something also must be done today. Today they have to sanctify themselves. They must get ready and set themselves apart for the work of God. Church, here's what I'm going to do. The sermon's over. Tomorrow is going to come next week for Clifford Baptist Church. We're going to look at what has to happen within. But here's my question for you. What happens today? What happens today? I want to preface this by saying this. If God leads you to run to the altar, it doesn't mean that you're the worst sinner in the world. Get that thought out of your mind. Here's what God is calling me and us to do. Take care of those things that may distract or lose the battle. There are things in your life, things in your homes, things in, in the people that you work with. There are things going on that you've gotten your eyes off of what the battle looks like. The small battles are winning within our homes, within our families, within our lives. And we must take care of those things. So the first challenge to my church family is this. And even to my own family. Even to me. Just take care of those small battles. Take care of those small things that are causing you to take your eyes off of God. Maybe today somebody needs to be smacked around like God did Joshua. Say you're forgiven, now get up. Quit wallowing around in your sin and come on here. There's work to be done. Maybe that's you today. Maybe we need to look at the battlefield. The battle's not in these doors. The battle is with Satan himself. And when you look at that, I challenge you to, when you look at that battlefield, it can be disheartening at times to see that you're up against. The Bible says that there is a lion that is roaring, ready to devour. How many of you have been at a zoo before? I'm, I'm mimicking right now what a lion does. That lion is pacing back and forth. And as that lion paces back and forth, he's looking for a crack. He's looking for an opening. And when they open to feed it, that's where he goes. God forbid somebody open the door. Friends, the lion's pacing this morning. He's pacing right outside that door. And he's waiting. He's waiting for a crack in Clifford Baptist Church. And so here's what I do. I'm calling on the prayer warriors of this church. Every one of you are a prayer warrior. Go to battle. Fall before your God. Tell Him the hard thing. Tell Him the truth. Tell Him what's exactly on your mind as you, as you fall down before Him. Go win the battle not only for your church but for your family and your family's lives. 
Defeat is not a pretty thing. But defeat has taught Israel something about the reality of sin. And I pray today it teaches you and I about it as well. The last invitation that I want to give is this. If there is a decision for Christ in this place, maybe you've been contemplating, thinking about it, putting it off, I want you to know that today is the day to take care of that decision. One sin that we looked at today, one sin cost 36 people their life. And they didn't even have anything to do with it. One sin cost 36 people their life, but there is one man who gave his one life and he laid it down on an old rugged cross for the sin of the world. Today, what God calls every, every man and woman, boy and girl, is to the foot of that cross. To look up and see the blood of Jesus and to see Jesus took your place. Not only that, but that he didn't stay on the cross. He was buried and for three days he was dead. And he overcame death for you and for me. Friends, today in this moment of invitation, I pray that we look within. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for these moments together today. Lord, what a challenging word for me personally. God, as it's hard to look at yourself and look at your own family. Lord, it's so easy to look at where I failed, where I misstepped, where I misspoke, where I misled, and just focus on those things. God, you're calling me to move on from those things. And just simply focus on you. Next week you will spell out exactly what went wrong. God, today I pray, Lord, in, in our eyes and in our hearts, Lord, that you will open them. That you will begin to dissect what is exactly going on within our lives that we need to trust you with. Lord, I believe there are many small battles that are being fought in this sanctuary. God, I pray that your people will be man and woman enough to rise up and trust them to you. Maybe they need to fall before you and pray. God, in this moment of invitation, we give it to you now, and we pray that you lead. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.